The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Bandwagon Nerds is taped in front of a live studio audience. What are you doing, audience? What are you doing? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's happening here? You turned on me. You turned on me. Or I didn't hit stop after playback fast enough <laughs> on the soundboard, which is more likely the other. Because I, Tony, I'm not you. See, I think I think you got to understand. Like for the noble listener, you're not watching the video screen. So Tony is gesturing as I'm making the joke, as I self-deprecate my ability managing the audience is like, why would you do that? And I was like, because that's what I do. That's, that's the gimmick. It is the gimmick. Um, as it is, hello again, fellow basement dwellers. This is your good friend, Patrick O'Dowd, welcoming you into another edition of bandwagon nerds, bandwagon nerds, of course, is a part of the chair shot radio network on the chair where We remind you to always use your head TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And guys, I got to tell you, I I am tired. I, I am sleepy. It has been a rough recording day so far. The, 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 the renovation woes continue as we do things like argue over floor transition moldings. Why is this a thing, guys? Why does this exist? Why do you care? Just 
let her make the decision and support her and then just be happy and it doesn't matter. It, I, there, there is, there is some logic to that, Pat. Why, really why is. is the guy who's been married longer than you and the guy who isn't married smarter than you right now? Why do you have to fight with her? Just I mean, her, it, wasn't, it wasn't really I, a fight so I, much of... And I, you would agree she has better taste than you anyway, so just just let it... Probably, let it, I mean, she cares more. Uh, it's it's well, it's not so much... It's not a, well, well, so here's the thing. Is is it's not so much like what it is we do. It's kind of the timing of it all. Like the the I don't know where we got to go do this thing today. And I'm like, well, why couldn't we have done this like three days ago? Well, I didn't, I didn't want to do it three days ago. I wanted to do today's Sunday. It's like negative fifty out, and now's a bad day to drive. But we're gonna do it today. Well, yeah. Well, that's stupid. Why are you calling me stupid? See, and that was my mistake. I was like, well, that's stupid. And she's like, well, you called me stupid. Um, and so, you know, divorce is on the way. Uh, we'll we'll just we'll make our peace as both of you shake your hands like no, no, divorce is not on the way, noble listener. And you did, of course, you heard the voices of the rest of the bandwagon as as they told me how it was with uh, one Mr. PC Tunney, Mr. Saturday Night. He is here, as is the lawyer himself, David Ungar. Dave, uh, I missed you earlier today, uh, but both our hockey teams stink. Oh yeah, and. And I can't even leave the house without coming back to another St. Louis Blues trade as they just shed all of their talent, like all of their talent. They did me no favors last night by losing to Pittsburgh in overtime. Thanks for nothing, St. Louis. Hey, I'm here to not help as a, as a, as a, you know. Well, and as a, as a Lightning as fan, a fan. We're looking at a first round matchup with Toronto. Yeah, that's usually a win. Yeah, I mean, we, we all know, we know how we Toronto, know how Toronto the playoffs, plays. So it's Boston you got to worry about, Tony. You're not getting by them this year, I don't think. Well, you never know. No, I mean, hell, even their goalie scores now. Yes. Like, what the hell? That's right. So this edition of Hockey Talk was brought to you by Bandwagon Nerds on the Chairshot Radio Network, part of the Chairshot.com. Give us a listen in two weeks because this week, everyone, as you will learn later on the show when we talk about it as well, will be a five by five because. Again, Patrick's marriage is in trouble and kitchen renovations are the ruin of us. That's that's what's going on here uh, and why there will be no five by five or there will be a five by five. Were you really hoping to have that one in the in the bag just for a week when you really needed it? No, uh, the reason that one came about, honest to God, is if there's a lot of times where I think of five by five topics and I'm like, if I don't get somebody on, on board to do it right away. It's it's gone. It's gone forever. Like uh, we'll get around to it, and then around to it never happens. And like I gave it, I have an idea with Dave that I know David I want to want to take the time to record as well, and it just hasn't happened yet. And so I was at work, and I was like, oh, I think this would be a really great idea for Aesop because for so folks, just to to clue you all in, it's a. Um, it's five. It's our five best animated show, uh, animated films everyone has seen, and five best animated films everyone should see. And I was like, Aesop with his, you know, his appreciation of animation, Japanese animation, random animation, just all over the place. I felt like he was a great person to do this episode with. And so I messaged him right away because I knew if I didn't message him and get it on the books, it wasn't going to happen. And so I made it happen and just so happened to be able to then use that 
in this uh, in this time of need where recording with Dave um, couldn't happen. So all of that is to say, dude, we we're 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 our small but mighty bandwagon as usual, but we are here for the final week of that seventies project television edition. We are doing situational comedies, comedies, however you want to describe it. All of mine are sitcoms. I'll just out that right now. Uh, that may not be true for the rest of y'all, but it's just how the cookie crumbled for me. We, it's been an interesting time for the project project this, this year, as this has been the most inconsistent lineup of nerds we've had to do the project. We're, we're, we're a threesome today. And, uh, it is what it is. I think it has a lot Life to do gets with in the way. I think it has a lot to do with the decade, to be honest with you. I I would agree, but we wanted Dave to feel included. Is no, really what it came down to. We wanted Dave honestly, to feel like part of the team. Next time, don't worry honestly, about me. <laughs> but honestly, Patrick, between me, you, and Aesop as well, we've all consumed these in syndication and things of that. Oh nature. yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Streaming now, different w- stuff like that. I will so. say, I will add on. That this is the first time we've done TV series, and they pose some different challenges than the movies do. They they really do, and I do like I joke. Most of it's Ray, right? Like I love Ray, but he's even in, he's even well, said he's been pretty. I he's think been you're pretty gonna clear. have a good time today, Patrick. Is Dave gonna make me mad again? If you get mad over this, and I don't know what to tell you, man. There, it's just yeah. <laughs> So Three's Company is on his list, isn't it? No, 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 no. not the egregious. No. But I mean, like, if we went by the law, there's, there's, there's a, there's a couple. Tell, tell you what, to quote Keanu Reeves, Dave, I just want to thank you for showing up. <laughs> I'm amazed. I, where's my par- Where's my off. participation trophy? Damn it! I'm amazed at your ability to show up. That's thank you for getting the quote right. The the. <laughs> That's a good hey, I do, I do love that Keanu Reeves' biggest fan is the one who uh, who remembered the movie and the quote. I so. like that movie actually. That and Sweet it's November, like his two best movies. Sweet November. Oh my God, that's yes. such a good no. movie. Charlie's Theron. Watch that on. No, a it's See it happens. It's fine. I, I I'll have to give it a try. Dave shakes his head until I said, "Watch that on a third date and see what happens." See, now you oh, get okay. it. Okay, all right. Well, if we're if we're if we're into that kind of realm, then it's cool. I get it. Oh, boy. So this is the kind of show we're looking at today, everybody. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We uh, This is it for the show. The show this week is just the list. So this probably will be a little bit on the shorter end, though I say that. That's always famous last words for this program. Uh, excited to talk about a lot of these programs, a lot of these uh these comedies, at least my list. I'm sure you guys are excited about yours as well. But we'll take our first commercial break. Then, oh, oh, yeah, huh? fingers. What's up? Are, are you going to make an announcement for next week's episode down the road here, or do I need to ask you a question? What are you? I mean, I know, you know what's at least happening. One this, thing that you know we're what's doing. happening this week, Tony? Yeah. So next week we're gonna. Next week we're back. We're back. Mando is back. Season three of The Mandalorian starts on March first. So we we it's a serendipitous piece of timing for for the project and Disney Plus. Thank you, Disney Plus. Um and maybe we'll talk a little bit about that because there's controversy. I don't know if I'd really call it controversy about the length of this first episode. 
So we'll uh, we'll get into that. We'll get into that when we come back. Okay, sorry. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it afterwards. What we are going to do though first is we're going to take our first commercial break, and and when we come back, we're going to jump right into that '70s project, um, comedy edition. We're going to wrap this bad boy up. So I'm very excited, and you all get to share in that excitement when we come back. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, part of the Chairshot.com. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshop.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshop.com. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to Bandwagon Nerds. We are in the midst of the final leg of that 70s project. And I got to share with you, fellas. I may have cheated a little bit on the order this time around because I felt that our resident fan of comedy should go first. And so this week's rotation will start with PC Tunney, followed by Dave Ungar, followed by myself, and then we'll do it all over again backwards. I'm very excited. Tunney has given me his list of who has the thumbs up and thumbs down. I am still in the midst of marking off who gets to go win. So if I look a little distracted in the moment, that's why. Here's the good news. The first program that Tony picked, and this is, uh, I think, a first for the project. Is this the first time where not everybody gets to give their number 10? Or did we well, have no, I, another one where people got skipped? I get to give my 10. That's what I'm saying. This is the first time where not everyone gets to give their number 10. Oh, oh, I yeah. could have sworn because I think the last time we talked about this on the show, you had everybody said that. Got their, OK, so everybody got their 10 on TV action. And uh, no, the family, two of them were excellent. OK, so never mind. That was a, a false narrative on my part. See, I got good records now too with this sound kind of thing. I got, I got all the charts right here. Is that your swaggy? Is that your swaggy notebook too, Tony? Is that what you've got? Everything, everything is on the big show sheet, and it's notebooks. And now this is number seven, and then the eight's all ready to go because we only got that much left. So wow! And yeah. so and here's the thing: volumes. Everything I've everything I've ever done podcast wise is in all those notebooks. So that's kind of cool. So, to go back so whenever you want to go, whenever you want to see the archived list pop up on the chairshot.com, we just got to go to one PC Tony oh, to make fuck. it. So that's, that's what I just heard there. I'm such a great right? writer. Did, Greg, Greg, did you hear did you that? Hear, did you, I heard that. I I'm hoping Greg heard that too. So listen, yeah, I brought Greg. the chairshot staff fix for rumble. I'm going to have to do it for mania. So maybe during the summer. Okay. Oh yeah. I staff fix. That was great. I got one of the surprise entrants in both in the men's rumble. I was, I was very proud of myself. I called Logan Paul. That was me. This guy. I did that. All right. But that's not what we're here. We're not here to talk about wrestling. we got a 70s project to get through. We've got comedies to talk about. And, Tony, you get to go first. So kick us off, big guy. Here we go. One, two, one, two, three, and... Thank you. 
Chico and the man. Chico and the man. Yeah. Freddie Prince. Uh, that song by Jose Feliciano. Uh, just a, it's a story about like a kind of a rundown garage in the Latin part of town, the barrio, if you will. And, uh, you know, obviously this comedy series is kind of overcast by a dark shadow where in the third season, Freddie Prince took his life after, uh, discovering that he was going to have a divorce from his wife and, he was always kind of depressed though. You know, they, they talk about like a lot of his friends said he played Russian roulette a lot and, and like jokingly or not, but this last time, um, they said he did make some phone calls that day. So very sad, but the show was, it was a good comedy and it was very popular, very popular song, very popular characters back in the seventies. So Chico and the man. Yeah. My number 10. I think like I remember, like you're saying, it, it, it was a funny show. No doubt about that. But yeah, the, the tragedy of Freddie Prince Sr. Um, really kind of cast a pall over the whole thing. But it was funny. That, it was a cool show when it was on. And it, and it is Freddie Prince Jr.'s dad we're talking about here for current you know listeners and, and times. Uh, the very one that's known for marrying Sarah Michelle Gellar, being in different movies, and of course a big wrestling fan as well. So, you know, the network that we're on. Very nice, very nice. Uh, I cannot say that I ever watched you go in the man. So that that's actually why I got not on my list. It's a show I didn't watch or ever catch a syndication. So uh, apologies on, on that, Tony, that I, I can't contribute to the conversation. Listen, this is why I had some things in some different categories and did the things I did. So no, I, I, yeah, you broke you broke the rules, and I I, I acknowledge that. Uh, but we talked I, about I, that. Listen, Patrick. At least I was the only one that kept within the guidelines of time. That's fair. You you have you have followed that parameter. You just broke thought, your own other parameters. But I thought that was the biggest rule. I thought out of all the rules, that one should have been kept. Or, most. But I mean, I don't not. know, man. Your definition of family is still subject to well, broad interpretation. It's out there. It's out there. I don't know. There was de- there was definitely yeah there was definitely some liberties taken, Dave. Dave, Dave, I will. My misgrievances will not even be thought of shortly. Fair oh, enough. I can't. I, yeah, it's, I can't it's, wait to. Of, I, I've actually got. I've got. I've got the Google machine up and ready to type in your show just to get it. Unless I do, unless I don't need it. Did you put the Fair. love boat again? No. I <sighs> will. I will say before we get to mine. I do want to do a disclaimer that I deliberately left Mash off this list because we've talked about it so many times and it's so hard to place that I just said. We don't need to go there again, which I guess you That's could argue. We're, argue we're one of my other ones, you could say the same argument since Tony, you know, Fair his enough. family thing. Well, but anyway, on, on the bright, on the bright side, we're gonna we're gonna move on from this. As you guys try to like, I love how you're trying to like preemptively. We're not maybe. gonna move on to it. We're not. We're not at all. Why don't you go ahead? Because we're not gonna move on. Well, so so Dave and I's number tens are getting skipped. My number nine is getting skipped, and Tony says we're not moving on as Dave plays his tenth. So let me turn my mic down. While I if you ever wondered, wondered whatever became of me, I'm living on the air in Cincinnati, Cincinnati WKRP. So this is one that uh, that Tony thinks you're going to get outraged by, Pat, but you don't seem that upset about it. 
I kind of anticipated this one being on your list. Um, it's, it's right. I mean, I know Tony's saying, I'm like, I'm like, there's two seasons in the seventies and two in the eighties. He's counting up episodes. I'm like, if you're counting episodes, man, go be a well, lawyer. Cause you got too much time on your hands. Technically there's a season and a half in the seventies and two and a half seasons in the eighties. You, I don't have the time. He's not right. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. He's not but wrong. I don't have time to figure all that. I just look at the show. The show premiered in September I, of '78. So yeah, four it. seasons: like '78, '79, '80, '81. It's half and half. Just anyway, saying, no, there's more episodes in the '80s. So I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just. Right. This was just you know. Hey man, it's, it's I mean, all good. Let's it's, let's it's, let's get to this. I'm a broken man at this point with these rules. Like I'm just so worn down. This is not, at this point. This is like this is like a, a, these, If this was the case, then I would have put some of these shows in this era I'm, because there's so many more shows in the '80s that I would want on my comedy list. No, 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 right, no, right. no, I get no. You. This I, is this is right down the middle. This is right. I mean, it, by right down the middle, you mean right slightly to the right of the middle, more towards the look. You know, the I will day. tell but you anyway. my process. I looked it up. Four seasons starts in seventy eight. I'm like seventy eight, seventy nine, eighty, eighty one. Yeah, it's 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 fair. It's right. Down. It's not. Look, if so you're talking about grievances, the lawyer is really coming out here in this argument. The lawyer is really coming out hard in this. If you're argument. talking grievances, Tony, seventies, Tony, this compared to like what we did with Dallas and Fantasy Island and that. This I will was say part, Dallas was far more. Dallas egregious. was Dallas, Dallas was, was like Grand Theft Auto, and this is a parking ticket. There you go. So. We'll it's more on. like you ran a stop sign. Yeah, there you go. This, thank you, Patrick. Even better. Anyway, this show so and hit an amb- and hit an ambulance carrying a under bottle the the law, obviously. Oh wow. Anyway, um, yeah. I mean, I, I I always dug this show a lot. This is my number nine, and uh, you know, Lonnie Anderson was a big thing back in the late seventies, very early eighties, and. And the show was just was just a lot of fun. I, I mean, all the antics going on at this radio station in in Cincinnati, Ohio, before John Moxley was even thought of as as being a Cincinnatian. So, I don't know. I'm sure you guys watched the show as well. Um, Doc, what was the one? I mean, the Turkey Drop episode of WKRP in Cincinnati is one of the funniest fucking episodes ever. Like ever. What's that? I believe that was in the '80s. It was. But it's still one of the funniest fucking episodes ever. Like, I'll at least credit it. It's a funny show, rule breaking notwithstanding. Uh, but it is a funny ass show. Uh, yes, 1000%. I'll tell you this, Dave. This will give me the ability to just have WKRP and then your other, you know, sins um, my on my honorable mention in the 80s. Sin. Jesus. Anyway, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it because we're going to skip. So we're on number nines. We're going to skip Tony's number nine. We're going to skip Tony's number eight and roll into Dave's number eight. Am I still angry? Clearly a family show. Yeah, well, Ray thought it was a family show. That's for damn sure. Oh, for but... Christ's sake. <laughs> I, you know, and Ray and Ray was so passionate about it up to a point that I don't, you know, we don't need to go into a lot of details about it, but you know, yeah, Jimmy Walker and, and just, uh, didn't, I mean, there's another show that didn't make my list because I did follow the rules on that one a little bit, but wasn't it a spinoff? Uh, wasn't the Jeffersons a spinoff of good times? Or was it a different show that it spun off of? I thought the Jeffersons was a spinoff of all in the family. 
Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. But, but the uh, Jeffersons spun off a lot of things. And yeah, the Jeffersons almost made a couple lists, uh, but that's an 80s show. That, that one I left off deliberately because it was more 80s. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, we don't, right, we, we, don't, <laughs> we don't have to go too deep in good times. It's, it, it's just it's a good show. Uh, you know, it's one of it's one of the rare shows that you got in the 70s where, you know, the, uh, a black family was the focal point. I know we've got another one that we're going to talk about, but. Um, oh, absolutely. This is also like these sitcoms really we're going to talk about part of the reason why I like a lot of it. Most of the situational comedies that I picked for my show and I did. There is one non sitcom on on my list. I had forgotten I put it on there, but um a lot of these sitcoms really sort of shifted the narrative of what a situational comedy was like sitcoms very much. And they still are like, you still get this typical, like nuclear family, home, dad, wife, three kids, dad's got a job. Hilarity ensues. They're all a bunch of white folks. It's middle-class suburbanite sort of humor and shows like good times really, really started to change not just who we were paying attention to but looked at lives of people that weren't you know middle class white people doing well and and you know talked about being poor in a very realistic way that people could identify with and that's why those shows were so successful they were great shows so yeah good times is a a terrific choice and there's there's certainly there's issues with it because you're talking a black family living in the housing project and they're making it funny so yeah but i mean but right. like you're saying pat it, it it showed a different a different situation than what you're used to and, and it was comedic for sure but based on a lot of reality in the in the you know mid to late 70s there for a lot of people yeah very much so and i think you'll see that you know throughout this uh as we look at a couple of other uh, other shows here and there so all right with that Let's go into my number eight. Lady Godiva was a freedom rider. She didn't care if the whole world Joan of Arc with the Lord to guide her. She was a sister who really could. Isadora was the first bra burner. Angel that she showed up. The country was falling apart. Betsy Ross got it all sold up. And then there's Maud. We so we're gonna talk about like whatever. All in the family is my number one. I, I don't even care. We're gonna spoil it. This show that show spun off so many other shows. You almost can't talk about one without talking about the other. And Maud was a character that initially showed up in All in the Family. It was the first episode or the first show to spin off as uh b arthur uh beatrice arthur if you will uh plays maude who is living in a suburban new york household with her fourth husband an appliance store owner by the name of walter and the thing that's really interesting about maude is that she is a very strongly liberal uh woman who's very you know passionate in the women's lib movement and is very much advocating for civil rights and gender equality. It is really a show that was light years in front uh, of its time and it ran for six seasons. It was quite successful. 
what was what was great about this show is that it didn't you know we talk we're going to talk about this in a lot of things but this show didn't hide from you know the 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 times and didn't hide from the issues of the times and you know and Maud's character is is known for being kind of overbearing really a, you know sort of her her politics causing problems for for her and her husband and probably the most famous episode that folks know about though when it comes to Maud is is the the abortion episode where Maud decides to get an abortion uh, and has this you know really big moment with her husband where she's like did I make the right decision and he supports her and it's really a landmark piece of television that now is I feel like even more prescient today when you look at the way women's rights are being drawn you know rolled back in so many different states uh, when it comes to their bodies. And, and this was kind of the first of its kind. So Maud and B. Arthur, by the way, one of the great comedians ever does not get enough credit for for how awesome she was. Uh, and I love her to death. So Maud, my number eight. I bet uh, B. Arthur will be on a show that is on our list for the 80s comedies. Yeah, there's no way she's not. Chance, Tony, come on. What are you talking about? Well, well, speaking of chances, while I have the chance, I just want to thank you both for being a friend. No, we're not. We stop it. Shame on you. No, I'm just kidding. There was, um, there you go. Maud was a great show. There was an exhibit when I was a kid and in, in growing up in DC, you know, we would go to the air and space museum all the time. There was an exhibit that they named Maud. It was, it was it, trying to remember. And it was always like a bitch to find it in the, in this vast museum that they used to have, but it was like this really cool kind of like futuristic sort of thing that they named this thing mod. And I, I like, I don't see the resemblance, but anyway, the show itself was, was yeah. Like you're saying, Pat, it was a, a spinoff of all in the family, but it very much stood on its own. And B Arthur was a, a, a Titan in this show, just, you know, showing foreshadowing what she would turn into like the show Tony's talking about. Uh, I mean, she's a central focal point of that as well. So yeah, good call, man. I, I completely forgot this one. Wow. Cool. Well, did you remember your number eight? Tony's going to remind you with the theme song. It's my seven, right? Tony? That's no, your number eight. All right, we hold up, gave, hold up a second. We just gave your eight and had to skip your seven, so now we're on to Dave's seven. Okay. That looks perfect. No, because I... Maud was your eight. We skipped your seven. Maud was my eight. My eight was good skipped times. Skipped your seven because it's higher. Yep. Oh, uh, okay. I see, I see, I see, I see. I see. Now we're on Tony to Dave's seven. Up, Tony screwed up the order, so we all drink. No, I no, Tony, no. no, Tony didn't screw up the order, but the way Tony wrote the ranking, the, the list down, it confuses me, so... Because I confused the X that you wrote as an X for you, not for me, even though you gave yourself a T as your representation because you wrote it in the order that we were going. Not the, in, key. the key was the first I, thing in the whole message. I, I um, am off. So anyway, it is Dave's number seven. I'm sorry. It was my number 10, by the way. Tony, you, you don't, oh, don't forget to tell everybody where where other people ranked it when we get to, because we're going to start getting into skips that were made that made the list. All right. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm, I think this was, uh, this was the first one. Uh, this was my nine and Patrick's 10. Okay. So you so guys both made everybody's had list here. Awesome. Made everybody's list. All right. Yeah. I was, I was a little concerned there because like, you know, you talk about, we're talking about shows that made you look at certain situations differently in the seventies. 
soap was, I mean, we talked about white families and, and, and kind of how they were portrayed. And this took that and spun it on its head because this, this show touched on adultery. It touched on, you know, murder, organized crime, homosexuality, when that was way taboo in prime time. And it's all here. Uh, it's very, it's a satirical look at soap operas and, and it just, but it, it has such a tremendous cast, notably Robert Guillaume, who would then spin off and do Benson, which was a show that I thought, man, that could almost make the list as well, but it just wasn't, it wasn't as captivating to me as soap was. So um, that's why I got soap number seven on my list. Great. I fantastic mean, show. Billy Crystal, Billy Jimmy Crystal. Bale, Catherine Hellman, who would go on to do who's the boss. Mona. Yeah. Mona. You know why else she couldn't do Benson, Dave? Why? Do you know? Do you know why? Because it's in the eighties. That's that's why. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. And I would have crucified you no. had you put that one on it. No, I, I, I mean, I was thinking. I mean, it was like something I was looking at, but I know it's, it's mostly eighties. But it ran, it, it, yeah, it ran into nineteen eighty six. Yeah, it did. It, it, but I mean, Robert Guillaume as it was just. Um, I mean, he's very different in that show. He was almost like a Cosby esque character in the in the Benson show. Right. Whereas in this, he's just really the sarcastic, snarky butler in every every facet possible. Uh, just a tremendous. He really does show. have the best role in the show. Yeah, yes. absolutely, so, absolutely, one thousand uh, percent. That is an acceptable number seven. Tony, we will uh, we will skip your um, we'll skip your number seven. No, we'll go to your number no. Damn it. Okay, then oh, then do your number seven. What the fuck? Every you I'm blaming you. Blaming you. I tried to make it easier to put You one did not. Letter. You made it you made it confusing it's as fuck. Because I was one following letter. the draft order, sir, and you uh, so confusing. Anyway, go ahead. This was also Dave's number ten. It's what's happening. It is what's happening. What's happening? The plight of Raj, Dwayne, and Rerun. Uh, three teenagers growing up in Watts. So, you know, it's another exploration into not necessarily the majority of people that are watching television in America at the time, right? We're talking about poor African-American families, once again, kind of like good times, but only instead of Cabrini green, we're talking about the, you know, Watts in California, which is probably not the greatest place to be in the seventies. Um, or, or, or maybe now, not even for that matter or anyway. now. Right. So really funny show though. I thought they did a great job writing this and had a lot of good comedy in it. I know Dave had it at 10 Patrick. I'm betting it was probably on your list that got cut. Or, you know, yeah, it's here, at least you saw it, noticed it when you were scrolling through TV shows. Right. Yeah, I scrolled. No, I know of it. Actually, as much as you give me a hard time about the show, I know of it because of the TV show Scrubs, because Bill Lawrence was a huge fan of what's happening. Literally had uh, the guy who played rerun on the show to do the dance. And it is a really funny episode because. Amy Smart is also is like the guest star there, and she just like willing. Yeah, she will. He just passed away not too too long ago, if I if I do recall. But um, but they do like a whole segment where he teaches everybody how to do the rerun dance, and everybody is dressed up in the rerun outfit, 
doing the rerun dance. It's it's quite funny. So yes, good show. Didn't quite make my list for different reasons. Uh, okay, I think I'm back on track now. If the audience is not drunk at this point by playing the Pat Quinn messes up a project drinking game, then uh, then glad that you're still with us. That you're still semi coherent. Tony is going to take a swig of his beer and then give us his number six. My number six is none other than the game show Tattletales, which produced a lot of comedy considering there were some secrets told that should have not necessarily been told. It's kind of a game show where someone's on there or like their secretary or whoever, and they're kind of asking risque questions and whether or not they're telling the truth. And then the other person tells them whether or not they're telling the truth. I believe there's a few episodes where some bosses and secretaries kind of got caught maybe not being so professional, which made it kind of funny to find out what was going on there. So I thought that this game show had to be mentioned just because it was a little risque and definitely funny at times. So Dave, I'm sure you can attest. You remember tattletales. I do. I remember what you're talking about. It, it was it was funny up to the point that it wasn't funny. <laughs> you know, and some of these some of these things that were divulged. Uh, the first started, cringe comedy. Yeah, I mean, it really there is. It, it was funny, but yeah, there were some moments where like, oh shit, that's. I don't think they meant to go in that direction. But you're a sick guy, Tony. You love you live for the misery of others, and that's all right. You know. Game show, huh? <laughs> it was funny. It's a funny game show. Game show, huh? It's comedy. It's game in the show. 70s. Okay. Uh-huh. I like, I like how Tunny's Tunny's drawing your or, or or you're drawing Pat's wrath worth worse than I am, Tunny. One so. of the funniest game shows I've ever watched. Hey, uh, Dave, did we have a did we have a category in that seventies project where you can talk about game shows? Yeah, I think this variety this variety thing but was uh, was there, a lot of game shows it, discussed but, on that but, one. But, but, it wasn't I a mean, great variety saying, show. It's like. It's like the precursor to cringe comedy, like the office. Oh, like, but the variety, was, the variety so. category wasn't a variety. Was it for variety shows? It was like the potpourri category where you can I put it in that didn't fit in there. This is a funny game show. Funny, funny. I game mean, show. I guess that, I guess that's what you get for thinking. At least he didn't uh, put Family so, Feud in Family, so there is listen, that. There is I, that. He was, did not do that. That is true. I thought the Bible had one law, and it was like, okay, time, and you know, I followed that one law. By the way, this is a very nuanced project. We we work very hard here at the bandwagon to make sure that we run a consistent, balanced project. There's more to it than time. Dave clearly has no concept of time. Like we understand this no. now. Like Dave, Dave, year, years of and. Partially, let's be honest, it's because he's 900 years old. The years all blend together at this time. He's literally a day away from hospice care. Like, we know this. Like, That's, he's he's yeah. going to be in a chair with a little blanket over his lap, probably have a, a puppy of some sort or a kitten. A few of them. No kitten. Some therapy animals. Service dogs. And clearly, clearly, Tony is just that rebel who doesn't understand categories. Like, he's, he's living his own life. And I would love... Anyway. I would I would love to do other number sixes to just kind of cleanse that palate, but we can't because as Tony has so 
politely noted, we are getting skipped, Dave. We are getting skipped, and we are we are moving into our second commercial break. This show is clipping right along. I just want to know, Pat, can Tunny be my service person when I am in hospice? Care? Well, I don't want to know what happens in your private time. Like that's that's your business. That, and I'm okay with that's it. That's fair enough. Whatever, whatever servicing Tony needs to much, do for listen, you, like you leave listen, that no, in stop, the boudoir. Stop, stop. Much like the campaign manager for Platt Blaz 2020, I will decline this uh, <laughs> this run as well with you, Dave. <laughs> Fine. We'd be more right, successful well, than Platt Blaz, but anyway. That's a, that's not really a high bar, but yeah. that's okay. All right, let's get to our second commercial break. Before we get to our recorded commercials break, if you enjoy awkward banter like this one that we just had here, if you enjoy hearing me mess up the project so that you can drink yourself into a stupor and you're like, hey, I'd really like to keep the chairshot.com going strong. The best way you can help us go strong is to get our name out there and invest in us by heading over to prowrestlingtees.com and buying a chair shot shirt. We have all kinds of great designs for you to choose from. Short sleeve tees, long sleeve tees, you name it, we got it. You could get yourself a Bandwagon Nerds t-shirt like I have. I have a beautiful Bandwagon Nerds t-shirt that I wear occasion during the show. Other times, I wear it uh, out and about to the world. And people are like, hey, what's that? And I'm like, good news, everyone. It's the best podcast you're not listening to. You should get out there. Shirts are only $19.99. Or if you want, you can spend a few dollars more. Make yourself feel good. Get it soft style. It'll feel nice on your giblets. Your body will thank you. Again, all kinds of shirt designs to choose from. We love getting support from all of you loyal listeners. And we want you to help us create more loyal listeners. So get over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and invest in us. We greatly appreciate it. And we'll continue to argue over Dave's hospice care because of you heading over to pro wrestling forward slash the chair shot. When we come back our number five through one top comedy shows of the seventies, you are listening to bandwagon nerds here on the chair shot radio network on the chair promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with angry lemonade. You can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code chair Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right. Welcome back to Bandwagon Nerds. This is Patrick O'Dowd. He's looking at David Ungar. Tony is around here somewhere. We are doing that 70s project. We are rolling right along. We are into the second half of the program, hitting our number fives, and I get to talk about my number five this time. Very excited about that. Tunny, take it away. Because uh, one, you can tell how hard it was to find a clean uh, 
clean recording of this soundtrack because it's it is a little tough to find. But uh, I went to the other side of the pond for my number five and, and went with a sketch show that heavily still influences myself and my child's sense of humor to this day. Monty Python's Flying Circus. So many people know their movies and their films, but some of the funniest fucking things I ever saw in terms of sketch comedy came from these guys, whether it's the dead parrot sketch, the, the ministry of silly walks or the little O'Dowd's personal favorite, the government informational video teaching people how not to be seen in which and everybody should watch these, these videos there. There's these sketches They're They're brilliant. Uh, but the how not to be seen video where they they keep saying, look at this, they'll, they'll show you a scene and they'll be like, somebody is hidden in this picture, stand up and identify themselves and they wave and then the government shoots them and then talks about how they failed to be not seen. It's brilliant. It, it was what introduced me to Eric Idle, John Cleese, all of those guys, Terry Gilliam cartoons, big part of it. Love Monty Python's Flying Circus. Had to look it up to make sure that it that it fit, and it did. Uh, and I'm glad it did because those guys are brilliant. I love them and uh, love everything they put out. And this was for me; it was the start for me. Yeah, I um, like you said. Every everything you said is true. It just it's a there were so many great comedic moments over the years on this one. It is it. it I wish is it streaming somewhere? They've got episodes somewhere. I'm hoping. HBO Max, I think. Okay. Maybe. Definitely worth checking out. I don't know. Yeah, I'll I'll actually have to... I can check that. But yeah, just brilliant, brilliant stuff. First, heavily influenced other shows. Heavily, heavily influenced uh, the kids in the hall, Mm -hmm. by the way. Speaking of which, with, you know, like the whole like just sort of demented sketches, dressing and drag, that whole deal. They were were not afraid of anything. Uh, And so... Yeah, definitely uh, check out Monty Python's Flying Circus. Good stuff. All right, Dave, unfortunately, your number five is getting skipped, and we are now going to PC Tunney's number five. Probably one of the coolest riffs, if you want to call it that, uh, for a sitcom or a television show. You know, everybody knows. You know, if you did that and you just were supposed to give a clue to somebody to guess what it was, they'd know that that or or dummy, you know, uh, Sanford and Son, the story of a father and son salvage company. Um, Just a like a for the most part, a pretty lighthearted. Yeah. They make fun of, you know, the dad having a heart attack all the time and everything else. And, you know, it has, it was on all of our lists, five on mine, six on uh, Dave's and seven on Patrick's. So it's really interesting between that and soap kind of, uh, an all around seal of approval from, from this trio of the bandwagon nerds. Absolutely. Red Fox, man. Red yeah. Fox is Huge. a treasure on that show. And yeah, the the faking the heart attack 
every episode. He's just waiting for that moment. That, that was his what you talking about, Willis. Like it was so great. Love love me some Sanford and Son. And TBS, largely responsible for my experience seeing Sanford and Son, speaking of uh, syndication, as they used to air episodes on TBS. I think, I don't know where it is now. It might be on TV land. But uh, great, great stuff. Can't argue that one. No. Good number five, sir. Yeah, and Red, Red Fox, hugely influential on uh, comedians like Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy, subsequently, you know. So, it, so much so, they were in Harlem Nights together, all three of them. So, yeah, that was... Uh, that was a great show. Though. All the faking the heart attack was great. Nothing ever worked out for uh, for poor Red. <laughs> so <laughs> try though no, he try, always... try though he might, it just never seemed to work. Well, and again, this is the big about... one, Elizabeth. I'm coming to join you, honey. Yeah, and as you kind of laid it out a little bit earlier, Ty, this is another show that really um, almost a almost a family show. Oh, but not, and. Um, but but another one of those shows that kind of looked at another side of the coin on television for the first time, you know, like these guys are in debt, desperately trying to get out of poverty and scheming left and right to try and get out of poverty. And, it, you know, it's done in a comedy and it's it's a way to show a lifestyle and still laugh about it uh, before we could take a serious look at it. And I think that these shows, you know, whether it be Sanford and Son, whether it be Good Times, whether it be What's Happening, they all went out of their way to cast a, a, a magnifying glass on the, the plight of black people, you know, poor black people. And, you know, like I said, it didn't, it, 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 it was a precursor to then shows that could be shown in a more serious light and, and be looked at a little differently, but th- this was the start. Fair enough. All right. So that's number five, correct? We're into number four. Clearly need a YouTube channel. Cindy Williams and Penny Marshall, just the absolute stars on this spinoff of Happy Days, BT Dubs, um, set in the late 50s in Milwaukee, working at a factory, Hassan Pfeffer Incorporated. After the sixth season, though, they, they moved the setting out to California, I believe Burbank. So it did have that transition. It was mostly in the 70s, but it did run into the early late early 80s as well but just one of the most popular sitcoms of all time and and what cindy williams you know and and penny marshall would do moving forward as well is amazing go ahead patrick i can't believe you didn't so, make your list uh honestly i forgot about it uh so better better era of laverne and shirley milwaukee Bur- Mil- laverne and shirley or california laverne and shirley I mean, Dave will tell you California, and I'll tell you Milwaukee. The only reason I would agree, home state home states notwithstanding. No, the only reason I would agree with that. Uh, here's the thing: so Laverne and Shirley was my number five, um, and it, it like Tony said, it was a spinoff of Happy Days. But the girls took that and created their own identity really early on, which coming from Happy Days, which we'll, we'll talk about soon, I'm sure, uh, was no easy task. So 
I like the fact when they got to California, it distanced themselves from Happy Days a little bit more. And I, I thought that was that was important for them to kind of like, although they'd already established themselves with characters like Lenny and Squiggy were huge in that show and Carmine, the big ragu, you know, and, and all that. I thought once they got to California, the show took on a different tone. I don't think it was as good as it was when they were in Milwaukee, but it was probably like a, like a little bit of a necessary change that I enjoyed. You know, it's different scenery, different feel to it. So yeah, I I don't know, maybe California, but I, I like the stuff in Milwaukee a lot. The thing is, is it's so distinctive. Their Wikipedia page actually divides it up between the two eras. Like that's like, it is very interesting how different the show kind of becomes when they move out to California, same characters, but yeah, the stories definitely take a shift. So that was, uh, you said it was number four for Tony. What was it for you, Dave? It was my five. Number four or five. So close together. Uh, and that brings it to my number four. Yeah, we're going to skip Dave here. Dave's uh, number four yep. will be mentioned later. But yeah, Patrick, you're number four. <laughs> My number eight didn't make Dave's list. Very much surprised on that, and and the and the Laverne and Yeah, Charlie. really. And, but that's why there's there's that's why there's so many of us, and that's there's, why we get there, everything on here. Though I appreciate that. I appreciate more of everything getting recognition. Honestly, in my opinion, there are a lot of sitcoms. Thus, my out fan. there from the seventies. You can keep defending it all you want. Uh, you know what you did. So. Mary Tyler Moore, the Mary, the Mary, the Mary Tyler Moore show didn't make your list, Dave. I no, I think I, I didn't really. I think of it as as a comedy per se, but I guess yeah, I see how it is. I mean, Ed was, Asner, Betty White, Cloris Leachman. Yeah. I mean, Valerie Harper. Like that's those are some comedians. Those dude. are some titans like, of the co- comedic comedy era. Yeah, for sure. I it just yeah, it's like like Pat, like you're saying, Laverne and Shirley didn't register on yours. This one didn't didn't register on my radar. I, you know, and I think uh, this is another, it's kind of interesting because Laverne and Shirley also kind of ahead of its time, you know, two women, single women living together, like as roommates, they support each other. Like they don't like men aren't a huge, huge part of their lives other than their, their love life or whatever. Mary Tyler Moore, very, you know, very much the same sort of thing. Like she's a single woman in the city, you know, not attached, more focused on her career uh is a you know a producer of a, a news show would in my opinion heavily influence Murphy Brown later on uh when we would get to those, those that show from the 80s and yeah it was you know it was just another one of those shows that was kind of part of that like feminist movement in television and, and, and took a big place in it and, and I yeah I it was, it was seven seasons, seven years in the seventies, like from 77, 77 and actually probably almost as notable for giving the, you know, the, the, the creation of the cliche sitcom finale where you walk out of a studio and you turn off the lights and you walk in that, that was, that was it. Mary Tyler didn't, Moore. Didn't Rhoda spin off out of this show? Yes. Rhoda did spin off uh, of the Mary Tyler Moore show. Yes. yes. Honorable mention. It happened no. before the series ended as well. 
So it had it had Call, a few. Um, it did have a few like TV movies and stuff too that spun off of it. Like there was a Marion Rhoda show. There was a uh, Phyllis, uh, which was less popular. Uh, Lou, Grant Lou Grant was a one-hour drama. Like all of those. So yeah, good stuff. Classic classic show. Catch it on Nick at Night or um, TV Land. It's on there all the time. Great, great show. Good call, man. And I missed it. My number three is skipped because we're going to Dave's number three. So we're going to Dave's number three. Here we go. Nanu, nanu. I think you got the point. Uh, go ahead, Dave. It's not a game show, that's for sure. So, um, <laughs> that's your excuse? No, it's funny one. It's, it's not a, a board game, that's for that, sure. That's you know what? We should turn that into a board game, but anyway, um, similar to WKRP, it's it's well, one of those ones that's straddling actually, the line. You know what? You know what, Tony? Did you count wrong? Nope. Oh, wait, you're right. You're right. Never mind. You're right. If it's that close, what are we really bitching about, right? <laughs> I mean, come on. I, Let's look. put it this way: this one is almost the most forgivable, and I've always and it I is said close. On Dave, but but like it had biggest most success in the first season, right, oh, Dave? Like well, after look, died. Let me let's let's get into this a little bit. Whether it should be there or not is one thing, but the this is where Robin Williams breaks through. I mean, he'd done other stuff before for sure, but this puts him mainstream and showed his comedic genius in a way that was just, you, you can never forget. And God bless Pam Dauber because she's along for the ride on this show. And he breaks her every single episode. I mean, forces her to break character and literally laugh on air every single episode with his antics. You know, this it's like the original Sami Zayn. Okay. <laughs> something, something like that. Um, but uh, I, I, I'm more of a fan of people breaking character in the Carol Burnett show. Right. Uh, and that, that happens but, all the time too. But yeah, I think, you know, just right. the, the wild suspenders that he was wearing, the voices, the characters, the, uh, you know, the story of an alien that ends up in Boulder, Colorado and, and goes and lives in the attic of this girl. And I think like later on, they end up getting married and have kids. Don't they? At some point later on in the series. And Jonathan Winters is their child. Yes. That's um, right. Not, not, Good not that I, not that I remember stuff, but I remember stuff. You remember but stuff. I do. Worst season series finale ever, maybe. It um, it was anticlimactic to say the the very least. That's uh, where they're just like lost in space or something. Yeah, like I can't just, Like just, they're just. Can I ask you a question, Patrick? Are you going to leave WKRP and Mork and Mindy off your '80s comedies now that we've talked about them on the '70s? Because I think I'm going to, because that's going to be like '80s and '90s are going to be stupid. I'm telling you. There's yeah. I th- here's the thing: is there's so many other options throughout the '80s that I think you can easily make an argument for whatever you picked. And, and unpopular opinion: this might be an unpopular one. You just said it. Mork and Mindy after the first season, though, is oh, kind of a horrible. one is is a one note show, and it was, was like really top, the challenge of a spinoff. Like, was it top five, top three? Its first season, and then it dropped down to like the mid twenties, and yeah, then it was I, right after right. that. I mean, he Robin Williams stays strong the whole way. The show 
content-wise. But the suffers, show itself right? just yeah, I just can't. There's only so much you can do. Like right. there's so many other shows. And exactly. That, and at some point, not that, even he can save what's going on. Well, and, well, and in at history, at the same time, let's let's defend the writers a little bit here, though. Think about Robin Williams. Robin Williams catches success while doing the first season of this show. How much more difficult right. does he become to deal with and write for? How you, exactly. How do, how do you write? How do you write for him? He, well, you don't, right? It's basically it's a Robin Williams improv. So the writers are probably up shit creek season halfway through season two and forward. It's basically, well, why do we even write anything? Because it's not going to be what we're there for anyway. Just saying. Yeah, it's a right? very, like, Robin Williams is genius, no, but like. Yeah, it's it's not so much about the talent on the screen and who knows what the author. It is. It's also the type of show like. There's a, I, I love from the 80s. I'm going to I'm going to jump ahead to this. I love the TV show Alf. Right. When I was a kid, oh, loved Alf. Might make a list, might make a list in our 80s projects. Not sure yet. But the basic conceit of the show and what makes some shows challenging is there's only so many different ways you could hide it. Like that you could play family hides an alien <laughs> from the government before it gets kind of tired. This is the same sort of thing. You know, Pam Dauber hides Mork as a person, and like that's the thing. And once that kind of plays out, it's you can't you can't keep going. And and it just died way faster. Like Alf went five seasons, uh, for example, it, four seasons. Well, and and it ended not expecting to be canceled. Like that's the thing that's that's crazy about that show is that they had a cliffhanger. He finally gets like technically Alf dies. I had the Elf lunchbox. Honestly, yep. I went to grade school there, with there the was Elf an Elf lunchbox. Hey, but yep. I'll say this: Mindy's but, Mindy's mom or, or or grandma could she could slap the bass. I'll say that about her and Mork and Mindy. Okay, <laughs> okay, um, Tony. And on, on that note, go to your number three. On November thirteenth, Felix Unger was asked to remove himself from his place of residence. That request came from his wife. Deep down, he knew she was right, but he also knew that someday he would return to her. I've been no calling people out left and right here. Dave already raised his hand. He must like Patrick in a different cat. You know, sometimes you forget shows, but that's why there's so many of us. Dave, you would have had. This I did not. Your... No, there's a very good reason I did not have this on my list. Why? Because you know how so many times in, in, do you in know Tony? Do you know how many times I've been called Felix in my fucking life? Okay, so you just oh, like, so you're you're just you're just butthurt. That's what that's all about. Honestly, if you've Dave, been called honestly, that Dave, as many times, Dave, you'd be like, Dave, wait a sec, no. If I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot at you here real quick, quotes right, and be like me not liking Star Wars. Okay, I love the show. I will say this. So I left it off for that for Patrick. You know, you reasons, know what that means too. I think the show's great. So. Let me let me tell you, Dave, just just to let you know, I feel your pain. The uh, the terrible Saturday Night Live sketch. What's that? It's Pat was the bane of my fucking existence as a kid in high school. Like it, I was in high school when that sketch was running. So I get it. This show and Neil Simon is one of the great American sitcom writers in history. Gary Marshall, one of the great well, producers of that's history kind of my, that's kind of my this is kind of my tribute to gary marshall by the way because laverne and shirley four odd couple three he dominated the 70s right like right there's other iconic shows like that but man he had two of them two of them hey, 
and two of them. How do you, how do you here's and what's crazy is this was a movie starring two phenomenal actors, right? You had Mouthow and Lemon. And we then turned around and we nail it with casting and get Tony Randall and Jack Klugman. And, and I'm willing to bet there was trepidation when that when that series debuted. Like, oh, I don't know if we can turn this into a show. But you got the right two guys to to be Felix and to be um, shoot. I'm an Oscar. Oscar. And so it much worked. so, Patrick, so that well. in our movies project, all of us have grumpy old men on our fucking comedy lists in that decade right. because it's just amazing character wise and we love casting and we love great character acting on this show we love that but the other great thing about the show is it's just the 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 contrast the dichotomy of the two characters with uh with tony randall's character being so such a neat freak before neat freaks were really and jack lugman just being an absolute slob and it shouldn't work but it works in the most comedic way possible yeah my issues with the name notwithstanding uh spelled differently than mine by the way for the kids at home um it's still a great tremendous show fantastic show so i'm glad it's made your major list it was on my short list i just left it off for reasons so yeah it's and again this is what nick at night and tv land did for me as a kid like because i i definitely watched reruns of this bad boy a lot a lot a lot uh odd couple good number three tony it was my i can't even remember what was number six for me that were the twos right I believe we are. Chair number two. Yes, sir. Something happened here. Hang on. We're Uh-oh. working on it. Building, building your online business? Oh, yeah. See, we're going to build I it. What show is that? What show is that? I love no. that show. They had I'm online single. in the 70s? Damn. <laughs> oh, the channel. We got problems. Skip ads. Hello? I have been up and down here, back and forth, with one of you missing a show here, one of you missing a show there, but for neither of you to have the Bob Newhart show on your list of best TV comedies of the 70s is unbelievably egregious. Okay. I don't think Bob Newhart's funny. It's it is like I I'm sorry I I don't like Bob Newhart I, I don't I don't like him yeah. I don't know what it is i just it's fine i guess dude you stole like, it i was gonna steal that from you pat i was gonna say in the words of patrick o'dowd it's fine like he basically yeah. he basically got what's crazy is he got to do the same sitcom twice like he, he did. basically he did. did the same sitcom twice and it worked like it worked like it was a huge show like i can't argue that um so much so that the series finale of the second show was him waking up Next to his wife from the first show. I, like, that was funny. But I'm sorry, man. We talk about how great you enjoyed New Heart because I, I, I don't want to shit on it. I mean, I don't. I, listen, it's 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 real simple. Like, the 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 mastery of subtle comedy is ridiculous in him. And what he does with, you got to pay attention, right? It's not over the top. It's very dry. But, you know, him being the psychiatrist and just having to deal with all these different types of people, I mean, the guy is just a legend. I mean, 
you you're not a fan of anything he did like not even like his big bang appearances or anything like that because i think his show in the 70s is the best work he's done papa granted elf, I, papa elf tony i well, <laughs> you know i enjoyed i enjoyed the 80s as well but i mean this guy is a comedy legend and he, his place belongs on this list in comedy in the 70s right i I, I like him. I think I like him in doses. I would argue that I probably like him in doses. Like I enjoy, I actually enjoy him in movies quite a bit. Like, like I, everybody knows that I hate elf, so we won't talk about elf, but like he's in, uh, he's in the movie in and out with Kevin Klein. He plays the principal of a small Indiana school and he plays the uncomfortable around gay people, Midwesterner very, very well. Like, and, and I do think it's funny in doses, but I, they don't give me too much Bob Newhart. And I, I just, I, I never really cared for him for an entire show. Like it's, I'm sorry, man. Like you can here, I'll do this just for you. Just for no, you. I'll good. do this. No, you don't have to. No, no, you don't no. Have to. Here you go. No, no. This for both of us, right? It, right. Yeah. Like we can take it. Take we can it. take it. See, we're okay. And, and we'll move on and we're going to skip Dave. Cause Dave's number two is apparently somebody else's number one. And we'll go to my number two which we've heard many times previously. So we've talked about this. We've talked about MASH on two separate programs at this point. And, and Tony famously during the second go around, was like, are you going to even put him on your list? And I, I know, Dave, you've already said, no, you didn't. I did. Uh, because for me, like, content of the show notwithstanding, uh, if you, listener, if you're a fan of Scrubs, Ted Lasso, uh, this new show, Shrinking, that's on Apple TV, uh, any dramedy that exists out there, MASH, MASH is the king of creating that those moments of hilarity followed by moments of levity dealing with serious serious stuff while at the same time turning it on a dime and making you laugh and then turning it right back on a dime and hitting you in the feels and the show it was the most watched series finale for a reason like for a reason and you just can't deny that show and i couldn't in good conscience leave it off my list as a comedy so i like i know we talked about it twice uh we get to talk about it a third time because i is an important show uh, patrick you want to know what's a better idea and inspired by your pick of mash here and everybody's pick of mash where it's been and and you know even dave is like it just transcends a category so you know what if we wrote an article after every time we did this of our top overall, where we just kind of posted each is top overall, because I bet this would make the top 10 seventies TV shows on everybody's list. God, I'd have to do a lot of work, man. You already have lists. You just have to make 50 into 10. Like, yes. That's like, you know, choosing your least favorite children. Like, oh, like Tony on. was saying, I, I, I did the disclaimer at the beginning of this, cause it's so hard to play. Although I don't, no, if I necessarily true, agree. With, I don't. Can, I, can we just start with that? Like, if you had to write a top ten TV shows list of the seventies, after you've done, yeah, and you've already oh, yeah. done the the research, you've already done the research. Mash is top five for sure. Right. 
That's what I'm saying. You guys already know your top 50. You wrote them down. I, I hear you. Well, I'll take it under consideration to the committee. Yes. I'll take it, to, take it to, the, to the committee. All right. So that was my number two, which means we're now to my number one. From Television City in Hollywood. Boy, the way Glenn Miller played. Songs that made the hit parade. Guys like us, we had it made. Those were the days. And you knew when you were there. Dance for girls and men, woman. Mr. We could use a man like Hybrid Hoover again. Didn't need no welfare state. Everybody pulled his weight. So, again, Tunny, breaking rules last week, puts all of the family uh, on his face. Number one. Number one, if if it doesn't it was like his, it, it was it'd be number, number one. one it'd be number one so. yeah, comedy. It's the number one comedy TV sitcom TV show seventies. So. I agree. I moved it because I had to. Dave, did you, I'm assuming you had all in the family somewhere on your list? I had it number did four. You, did you? I had it number four. Fourth. Number four. Fourth. Wow. It would have been one. Um, most of the comedy, the sitcoms that I picked, and I think a reason that a lot of us pick these these ones that hit so hard and so high has to do with not only them being funny shows, but being shows that really tackled and approached subject matter that up to that point on television hadn't really been covered. And you you got all of it through nine seasons or eight seasons, however, nine seasons of All in the Family for the entirety of the 70s. I mean, whether it be miscarriages, whether it be like like first first out the gate, you know Sally Struthers' character is having a miscarriage. Whether it's dealing with you know racism, whether you know RG's own racism, anti-Semitism, rape, religion, breast cancer, the Vietnam War, like menopause, impotence, like you name it, they did an episode of, episode about it, and yet they did it through comedy and, and did it in a way that people flocked to their television to see every night every single night for the entirety of a decade from 71 to 79 and, you know so many famous scenes rob reiner as the liberal hippie husband that butts heads with archie and his set and ways conservatism sammy davis jr kissing carol o'connor on tv blew people's minds one of the most famous moments in all of television spawned a, a spinoff for archie archie bunker's neighborhood went four seasons as well as well as several other spinoffs that went like I talked about Maud earlier in the show that I, I don't think as as you said, Tony, to me it's it is the the number one comedy of the nineteen seventies. Period. Stamped it. I I can't really disagree, but you know. Just because I didn't have I like it number Dave's, one doesn't mean doesn't mean I, it, I, I don't like, agree. I like Dave's pick also as number one because it would have been my number two if I would have been strictly put to the to that, not because I put it on something else. So, so well, why don't we get to it then? Because I think I know what it is. Sunday, Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days. Thursday, Friday, happy days. The weekend comes, my cycle hums, ready to race for you. These days are on. 
yeah, I uh, happy days for me, number one. And <clears throat> I don't really think twice about it, to be honest with you guys. I, Tony, you had it on a family ranking, right? Is that where you had it? I did. I had it in family. Yeah. <laughs> the Cunningham family. Um, Yeah, the show was uh, just so many iconic moments, so funny. Uh, 50s all the way. You know, you got Richie Cunningham, straight laced, trying to trying to get along, trying to fit in, befriends Arthur Fonzarelli, who the Fonz. I mean, it's it's just you don't even need to go into it. It's just iconic character after iconic character. Potsy, Ralph Mouth, you know, little sister, Howard, Mr. C, the mom, Arthur. And then he turns into Al later on. Uh, Mr. Miyagi in the show before it even starts. And, it's, and as funny as the show is, there were some dramatic elements to this show that, and some very, very powerful moments. Like one of the most powerful episodes I can ever remember is when Richie gets in the motorcycle accident and Fonzie visiting him in the hospital. And just that line, he says, you know, you're my best friend and I don't want to lose you. And you can literally feel Henry Winkler's emotion and desperation in that moment and cutting a deal with God to save Richie. Um, it, you know, and Fonzie jumping before he jumped the shark, literally, he's jumping buses, he's doing all this other stuff. So there's a lot of drama and action. But to me, it's always been mostly a comedy and, and my absolute appointment viewing in the 70s. Right there with Six Million Dollar Man. I mean, it. this one's right there for me. Big spinoffs, right? Uh, jumping the shark. That's a term from this show. Uh, another Wisconsin show. Any anything that is seventies uh, filmed or seventies based, make it in Wisconsin. Apparently, right? Uh, Laverne and Shirley, Happy Days, that seventies show. Jody loves Chachi. You know that comes yeah, from this. You know La- Laverne and Shirley. So whatever. You know, Southeast Wisconsin. That's where it's at. Yeah, Happy Days was earlier on my list. I ha- I had it down. I think number. Where did I have it? Did it fall off my list? Oh, no, you had a three. Oh, no, it's no, 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 three. I was like, I'm sitting looking at my list. I was like, wait a minute. I know Happy Days is on there. Um, more iconic show opening, like opening credits. Happy Days, All in the Family, MASH. Fonzie riding the motorcycle and then the spinning record player, right? Yep. And, and think about it. They actually Mash changed. has the helicopter. Yeah. yeah. Happy Days actually the changed the theme song. Yep. It, it used to be, you know, Rock Around the Clock, and then it turned into Happy Days later on. Can I just say, yeah, that's true. Um, can I just say, though, Seth MacFarlane, fan of uh, All in the Family, obviously, with yes. the opening to uh, Family Guy, and of course, like all the crazy kind of cool little uh, off-bit segments they do about Maude, and then there's Maude. You know, <laughs> and then there's Maude. very, Absolutely. very much made famous on, on family guys. So yeah, crazy. Like definitely. I mean, if we should have done this backwards, uh, for number one, because the, my number one would have been likely three or four on my list if I would have done it correctly, but I just wanted to get everything in, but I do think it's one of the best. It's my number two, best. wasn't it? Yes, Dave's number two, uh, Patrick's number nine. So it also made everybody's list. One of three, I believe, that made everybody's list. One of the best themes. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket. I. Welcome back to that 
same old place that you laughed about. Well, the names have all changed since you hung around, but those dreams have remained and they've turned around. Who'd have thought they'd lead you? Who'd have thought they'd lead you? Yeah, where we need you. Welcome back. All right. I mean, up your nose with a rubber hose, in your rear with a can of beer. Uh, I got a letter from Epstein's mother. You know, please excuse Epstein for such and such and such signed Epstein's mother. I mean, this is like comedy gold here. Uh, Gabe Kaplan, uh, the young John Travolta, and just the interaction that they have in class is amazing here. Vinny Barbarino. Ah. Yeah, Vinny Barbarino. Every every answer, yeah. every question with another question. What? Where? <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Pat. No, no. Again, I I once again bow to Nick at Night and TV Land uh, in its infancy because these are this is how this is how you learn about these shows and you know made John Travolta John Travolta, right? Like between this and Saturday Night Fever and Grease. Like he, he could do no wrong in the seventies. And, and this really was the launching pan, pad for the explosion of his career. Uh, you know, kind of have questions about the whole Scientology thing, but that's a completely different episode. Uh, and again, another show that's not looking at suburban families doing, doing well. Like we have moved past this is a, this is supposed to be a rougher neighborhood, supposed to be a different sort of different sort of group of kids that challenge our good friend mr cotter and gabe gabble like he nobody does exasperated better than gabe like just uh, what 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 am i gonna do with these kids yeah oh my god oh my god mr cotter oh my god uh poor shacks laugh oh mr cotter oh mr cotter still very very good show it's just oh Absolutely awesome, uh, and and a fine way to to finish up that seventies project. So that'll do it, guys. We have we have done it. The project is complete. The book is closed on that seventies project. Well done to the OG three who gave you a list for every single episode. That's right, us. Even though not all of them follow the rules, even though. Yeah, I gotta be that guy. Like, I gotta be that guy. I gotta, I gotta dig the Spurs. Anyway, it was a great time. Time is a flat circle, which is just, why we just, just keep remember, coming back Pat, to him, by the way. Just remember, the most important thing we got out of the 70s project, Lassie is a drama. There you go. Yes, Lassie is definitely a drama. Gunsmoke, uh, Bonanza, you know. Yes, there was a lot going on there. We love you, Ray Cash. And next week, we talked about it at the top of the program serendipitous in its timing star wars it's all star wars comes back at you we're going to be talking star wars as the mandalorian season three kicks off on disney plus on march 1st that is a wednesday which is when they love to drop shows before we get out of here i do what what are your thoughts and and i don't even know that tony's seen this dave you look like you were surprised there's this initial complaining slash concern from fans because the first episode's runtime has hit the news the news and it is 
coming in at 25 minutes. So Tuddy, Tuddy's already throwing his hands up. Drop the microphone and, and tell everybody what's what. Who cares? So what? Deal with it. Someone smarter than you decided that's what they were going to do. So consume it and then give your opinion. Not after it's over, after the next episode and the episode after that. Just wait. I bet you that you're not as smart as the person who's in control of how long the first episode was. I'll bet you. My thoughts are stop bitching about it. You got an extra two hours, three hours of content in the book of Boba Fett that should have satisfied your Mandalorian cravings. And on top of that, the, 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 the book of Mando, the book of Mando on top of all that. Um, anybody who's watched clone wars knows that each episode is how long Pat? It's about 25 minutes, about 25 minutes. Exactly. And they pack in a shit ton of stuff in each episode of clone wars. So I'm not worried about the length. If it's good, it's good. If it's gr- if it's the greatest thing I've ever seen, they get it done in 25 minutes. I'm not going to complain. So Yeah. Get over yeah, it. I, I agree with Tony. I agree with you. I, I do think people should maybe watch the show before they decide that it's too short or terrible. I I think that it's really interesting that audience seems to think they dictate what the content creators are making here when it comes to this and, and stop. Like if it's a good show and if it's a good episode, are you going to care? Ted Lasso runs 30 minutes to 45 minutes long. Nobody cares. They love them. God, they, sound like, they sound like wrestling are 30 fans. minutes long. They sound like wrestling like, fans. Look, so I'm going to dictate what happens. It's just, it's just such a fascinating thing to see people like losing their minds over, over something as innocent as a, a runtime on a, of a season premiere. Do we know how many episodes we're getting this season? Uh, I don't, but I can look. Because uh, you give me one while second. you look, I would like to think about the fact that maybe since we're getting shorter episodes, we get more episodes and it's more broken down into cleaner chapters. And if that's the case, I'm completely fine with that. What if this whole first episode is like a gunfight, like a super suspenseful gunfight for 25 minutes? That'd be ridiculous. There's so many things you can do to get your interest peaked to start this new season because it's going in a different direction that they're, they've uh, done. They're saying eight, eight episodes with the season four already in development. So We'll see. So, so basically, what you got? Well, it's, it's and maybe we need to stop calling them seasons or something. I don't know because maybe that's what's got people in their head here that this needs to be an hour long. It's a mini series. This is part one of an eight part mini series. You're gonna get, you know, it's a two, book on video. It's a book on video, right? Patrick. It's it's, so just, it's two, like deal with it. Some some chapters are eighty pages. Some are three eighty. It's it's going to be three to it's going to be like three to four to five hours of content when it's all said and done. Depending on episode runtimes, it's going to be fine. And if it tells a complete story, what's the problem? There's articles. What's funny is because I just searched the season thing, and like the second article is like why this is a d- disturbing trend in in television and media, and I'm like. If it tells, as you like to say, Tony, and yes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna compliment you. If it tells a good story, then who cares? Like, if it tells a good story, then who cares? Like, you're not entitled to an hour of time if they don't have an hour. If if they gave you an hour of content and 25 minutes of it was fluff and a waste of space and time, you then would bitch about it being too long. See PC Tony's opinions on Wakanda Forever. And that's not even a knock on Tunny. 
that's that's the truth. Like you felt that it was too long, that there was just too much. Look, I'm not trying to blow blow anybody up. Um, I felt that. Um, oh God, I'm gonna forget the name of it. the Batman. Actually, was probably a little too long as well. And I love the Batman. Like I love the Batman. So I'll I'll put myself out there as well. Uh, and then, of course, there's the Zack Snyder Justice League film, which is six hours of too much time. So that'll do it uh, for that. Get over yourselves, Star Wars fans. You're going to get your Mandalorian. You're going to get your Grogu. You're going to get your Darksaber. It's all going to be there. It's going to be fun. And you're going to be coming back in three weeks talking about how great this fucking show is because it's been great so far. So three Dude. episodes in. I bet you'll be turned around. Do you think I'm feeling good about it? Do you think we get Boba Fett? I know you don't like him, Pat, but do you think there's a chance he shows up somewhere in season sure. three? Why not? Why not? He's a character that exists in the universe. I just think like here's the problem with the book of Boba Fett, even though I don't care for the book of Boba Fett, we talked about this. The problem with the book of Boba Fett was it wasn't about Boba Fett. Like that was the problem with the show. That's why I disliked the show so passionately, because it wasn't about him. It was about the man, it was a it was a Mandalorian season three commercial. So anyway, enough of that. Tony's already like he's grinding his teeth <laughs> over here. We're gonna call it on this show. Um, so let's do a quick once around. Thank you everyone for uh, listening. I hope you enjoyed that '70s project. I always enjoy putting these lists together. I hope you enjoy hearing us talk about them, argue about them, me get mad about them, all of that. So we're gonna say our goodbyes now. Dave, why don't you kick us off this time? Tell everybody where to find us on the socials and in uh, on the chairshot.com. Yeah, you can find me on my burner account at Lassie Forever. Um, but otherwise, you can also find me on Twitter at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude A-G-G. Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. I think at Lassie see, Forever is uh, probably taken. actually. It, no, I think it's at, Ray, it, it's at, at Ray's new handle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> PC Tony to you. Yeah. Uh, follow me at PC Tony chair shot radio network, all your favorite streaming platforms. And uh, yeah, you know, if you want to know what's going on, listen to this show. And of course you can follow me on the Twitter at wrestling realist. That is at W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. You can catch me every Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday on the chair shot radio network. Mondays, talking with these guys about nerdy stuff Tuesdays. Usually it's hockey talk or musical chairs this week. It's going to be a special five by five that Aesop Mitchell and I recorded talking about the five best animated films. Everyone's seen and the five best animated films. Everyone should see. And then of course on Wednesdays, you can catch me talking wrestling with Greg DeMarco on the Greg DeMarco show. That's going to do it for this week's edition of bandwagon nerds. Now get yourself out of the basement Get some sun. Check out some of those 70s programs wherever you can find them. There's a lot of great television out there, and you should absolutely consume it. This has been Bandwagon Nerds on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We're going to rock around the clock tonight. Yeah.
o'clock tonight. We're gonna rock, rock, rock till broad daylight. We're gonna rock, gonna rock around the clock You got the floor. What's up, Tiny Tears? I'm quitting judo. How come? I got flipped by my sister. Ah, oh, come on. That was a lucky shot. Could happen to anybody. Yeah, I know. But she flipped me 20 times. She flipped me during class. She flipped me after class. She flipped me all the way home. Oh, Cunningham, you have reached the pits. My sister's becoming a black belt, and I'm going bing-bong. I'm sorry I even bothered you, Fonz. I'll get Vivian back. Hold in. it, hold it, hold it. Come here. Come here. I'm going to do something for you, Cunningham, I never did for anybody before. I'm going to teach you the secret of being tough. Wow, you don't think I could ever... Hey, who I... told you to talk? I'm sorry, Fonz. That's the secret. What? I think I missed it. You see how nervous you just got? Yeah, but I thought you were going to kill me. Hey. That's the point. I intimidated you. That's because I've got a majestic bearing. I got style. I got an attitude. I got a tough voice. Let's face it. You're a good fighter. Hey, I'm the best. But in the entire time you've known me, have you ever seen me in a fight? Well, no, but that's always because the other guy backs down first. I rest my case. <laughs> you think that could work for me? Cunningham. With that howdy-doody face, you can only be so tough. <laughs> I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something. With a little practice, there is always hope. Don't ever grab me again! What? Just practicing. Yeah, you see? See, that wasn't bad. It's not good either. It wasn't bad, though. Now, listen. What you gotta do is you gotta don't yell. You gotta keep it low. See, you gotta make it more threatening. Don't ever grab me again. All right, all right. Now, clench your teeth. Clench your teeth. Don't ever grab me again. Not your lips, your teeth. Don't ever grab me again. Hey, that's good. Now, raise up your chin. Look me square in the eye. Don't ever grab me again. All right. Now, saunter. Yeah. Saunter. Don't ever grab me again. Don't ever grab me again! I lost count. Do you want I should start all over again? I mean, don't come back for another hour. Hey, how was that, Fonz? Well, I wanted her back now. Hey, hey, hey. You're in my chair, Mort. So? I want to sit in my chair. Oh? You gonna get out of my chair? No. Oh, Maud, if you don't get out of that chair, you know, I got a way to make you very, very upset. Archie, please. Stay out of this now, Edith. Come on, Maud, last chance. You're going to get out of there? Get lost. Oh. Well, I got the secret weapon that can lay this little lady right away. Here we go. This country was ruined by Franklin Delano Roosevelt. <laughs> You're fat. 
Sticks and stones may break my bones, but Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Archie, you promise never to say that name again in front of more. Franklin Delano Roosevelt. His whole family was for Roosevelt. That was for two chimes, but that was it. We didn't know the guy was going to hang on to the job like a pope. <laughs> to save the country. The people adored him. He was a saint. That man had charisma. I don't care if he was sick. <laughs> Oh, come on, you can't kid us. I mean, you leave me no choice but to prove it. Hey, Carter, up your nose with your rubber hose. <laughs> hey, Carter, you are so low. You, I mean, you are so low that you could play handball up against the curb. <laughs> See what I mean? The old Carter wouldn't have taken that. He's right, Mr. Carter. If you was yourself today and Vinny said them things to you, well, you probably would have said something like, uh, hey, Vinny, you know why you don't got no freckles? Because they probably slide off. <laughs> and then... Then you probably would have said, Hey, Vinny, if you ever jumped off the George Washington Bridge, you'd leave a bathtub ring all around the Hudson River. The big finish, the big finish. Hey, Vinny! They tell me your mother... Enough, Horshack, enough. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.